Welcome to the Empowering Grace Podcast. The following sermon is by Joe McIntyre, Bible teacher, author of nine books, and pastor for more than 35 years. We've picked one of his greatest hits to share with you today. A full transcript of this episode, plus other resources, are available at empoweringgrace.org. May you know the goodness of God in a fresh, new way today. Here's Pastor Joe. Remember, just a couple of weeks ago, I did a message called Putting on Your Armor. And I just was thinking that it would be a single message. I wanted, I felt like, felt like the Lord was saying that we need to be diligent to put on our armor because of the warfare. And I wanted to just, I had taught, some of you will recall, that I had taught on Thursday night, a few months back, I did about 12 weeks on prayer armor. And um, the focus in that particular series was on taking our place in Christ in intercession. And um, so the, the focus was a little broader than a putting on... There's been a lot of teaching about personally putting on our armor. Uh, and yet as the, the Lord has been speaking to me along these lines in recent weeks, I felt that we needed personally as a body to be exhorted to personally put on our armor. And um, we're not going to be strong corporately if we're not strong individually. And while we... Um, there's a lot of personal teaching. There's a lot of teaching about the individual believer and we really need to have a corporate vision. We really need to see the synergism of faith, that, that when believers join together and walk together, that releases a dynamic in the spirit. Uh, if two or more agree on earth, Christ is in the midst. There's a, there's a manifestation of the Lord that comes with the corporate anointing that isn't there individually. And that's why team ministry, that's why agreement, that's why the church is far more powerful than the individual collective power of the individual. You see, two, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. So, the, so the, the, the power potential is increased exponentially rather than additionally. Multiplication takes place when we agree. But if the individuals who are agreeing are struggling, if they're not strong, if they're not individually able to stand, then that agreement power is diminished. And so we really need to be personally <coughs> equipped and suited up to fight. And uh, I have sense, now maybe I'm, I could be the only one, but I have sense there's some warfare. Now I might be the only one that's experiencing this, but so I'll be preaching to myself and allowing you to listen in. But... Uh, no, there is. There's an intensity because God is preparing. The, the, God is preparing to move. God is God is setting the stage for a dynamic move, and He's wanting to get churches ready <laughs> to evangelize, to disciple, to walk in the truth and the Word and the power of God. And so we want to be ready, don't we? Well, personal victory is foundational to corporate victory. We need to have the vision for corporate victory, but that means uh, we had a prophetic word 
Maybe somebody has a copy of that prophetic word about the um, armor and uh, how many have stick, you stuck it in your Bible when we gave it out and it's still there. How many know the word I'm talking about? The shields joined together and um, the pin coming down and putting the, the... I meant to grab that this morning and I forgot. Has anybody got that floating around in your Bible? Uh, well, you all... You're all forgiven. I want you to know that. But um, the word had to do, there was one word uh, that had come through Cindy Jacobs and it was about the fact that the warfare had intensified because the enemy is afraid. One of the things we need to realize is intensity of warfare can be explained by the enemy's fear that we're about to break through. And so it's sort of what you would call a last-ditch attack to discourage before the manifestation of the power which will destroy the strongholds of the enemy. And we need to be thinking in those terms that if the warfare is intensified, it doesn't mean the enemy is uh, really growing in power. It just means that he's figured out we don't want to quit and we're going to go forward and it's time, if he can't stop us now, he can't stop us and he knows it, so there is an intensification. So in Ephesians chapter 6, it's a passage that probably most of us are filled with. Verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now he goes on in the passage to talk about putting on the armor of God and I'm going to be spending some time on that particular idea because I was meditating on this passage and I realized what, what, uh, what Paul says here is put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the obvious implication is if you don't put on the armor, you won't be able to stand. See? But, putting that positively, if you know how to put on the armor, and you put on the armor, you will be able to stand. So this passage promises us victory in spiritual warfare if we know how to do what Paul says to do. So the question is, do we know how to and are we doing? Okay. So I want to talk about how to and doing so that we, day by day, are, are in our personal time of prayer appropriating the armor of God. Now let me say something to you about the armor of God. It's all invisible. How many of you have ever seen the shield of faith? Have you ever seen the sword of the Spirit? These are things that are put on and appropriated by faith in invisible realities. But because you can't see them, doesn't mean they're not real. They are spiritual realities. They are things that God has provided for us to win the war. So we must believe in their reality. We must believe they're not just metaphors and concepts, but they're actual realities that we can enter into, walk in, stand in, fight in. You see? And they have to be appropriated by faith because you can't appropriate them by sight. Okay, so he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. In the series that I did on the prayer armor, I pointed out the fact that uh, chapter 6 is built on chapters 1 through 5, which is a profound concept that you probably never thought of. But the, the reality is, Paul's already used many of the words he uses in this verse. Be strong, 
in the Lord and in the power of His mind. Okay? Now, one of the great truths of, of the revelation given to the Apostle Paul that isn't really expounded elsewhere that much is the reality of being in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, 19. You, if you're born again, are in Christ. Alright, now, I was planning, I've been planning to do a lot of things. One of them was to find the overhead that I was going to use for this message. Um, hmm? If you can. Well, it has three dimensions of spirit realm, soul realm, physical realm. And they're in the back. Rumor has it, they're in the back. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we need to realize is that as human beings, we are spirit, soul, and body. And that means we contact three different realms of life. And our spirit, the human spirit, is able to have intimacy Carrie was sharing with us. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God takes place on the level of spirit. That's the highest level of our being. The one I want has a three line. It has two. Three. Yeah, that's it there. That'll work. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Preparation. Well, um, but the spirit of man is the highest part of man, capable of intimacy, fellowship, and communion with God, capable of the highest type of knowledge, which is the intuitive knowledge of God. So we don't know God with our minds. We know God with our spirit. Our spirit is capable of intuitive knowledge. Knowledge that doesn't come through a process of reason, but knowledge which comes spirit to spirit. God, by His Spirit, touches our spirit and we know God. We know the reality of His presence, of His love, of His peace, His joy. These things are spiritual realities which are uh, perceived on the highest level of our being. But now the, the, the difficulty is, before we became Christians, we didn't even know we had a spirit. Here we go. And we, we operated in the realm of the soul and the body. And so we were governed by the, 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 our flesh and our mind, emotions and will, worked together in a unity to live independently of God and satisfy our own selfish desires. That's the way we live before we were born again. But what happened to us when we were born again is the human spirit was resurrected from its death in trespasses and sins in this lower realm, made alive and raised up and joined to Christ in a union of spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So, the new birth is the recreation, the resurrection, the impartation of divine life to the human spirit. 
And when you were born again, your human spirit was blasted with divine life. And you received eternal life and your spirit came into union with Christ and became aware of God and spiritual realities. And you became capable of functioning in three realms instead of just the two. Alright, now, when the Bible says we are in Christ, it's talking about this highest realm of spiritual realities. You see? Because Jesus, it says, in Ephesians chapter 1, has been made alive and seated in heavenly places far above principalities and powers and every name that's named. Alright, now, the unseen realm is from here up. The soul or psychic realm and the spirit realm are all unseen. I can't walk up to you and say, please show me your emotions. Prove to me you have a mind. <laughs> Sometimes the evidence is lacking. I take it by faith. <laughs> but you see, I can't show you my soul. You can't show me your soul. I can see the evidence of it working through your body. See, But you know, discernment is determining what it is that's manifesting through the body, whether it's soul or spirit. But now, your spirit man, in God's original intention, the spirit man in intimacy of communion and fellowship and truth was to govern soul and body. But the fall caused your mind, your will and your emotions and your body to join forces together in a, in a relationship God never intended for mankind. And conspire to live independently of God. And what you fight in spiritual warfare, in one sense more than you fight principalities and powers, is you fight your soul and body's tendency to want to rule instead of walking in the Spirit as a new creation in Christ. And so, now, why is this important? Well, Jesus is seated in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. But Paul says in chapter 6, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers in heavenly places. Now think about this. Evidently, there's a lower realm in heavenly places where wrestling goes on, and there's a far above realm in heavenly places where we're seated with Christ. So, spiritual warfare is, to a large degree, about what dominates the believer. Which realm controls us? You know, there are believers who have studied the Bible intently with their intellect for 20 and 30 years and are full of knowledge of the Scriptures that is mental, but haven't a clue about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like somebody said, if the Holy Spirit came walking down the street with a red hat on, they wouldn't recognize Him. Why? Well, because it's possible 
to be very religious on this realm, but not really be under the influence and control of the Holy Spirit in our human spirit. Now, what I want you to see this morning is when he says to us, Paul, be strong in the Lord, he's telling us to be strengthened in that spirit realm. To be strengthened in our human spirit so that our human spirit is alive and empowered by the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the resurrection power of God, so that we walk with spirit in dominion over soul and body. Now, your soul isn't evil. Nothing about you is evil. Your body isn't evil. God created your spirit, your soul, and your body all to glorify God, all to be a blessing. It's just we want things to function the way God intended so they can be a blessing. How many have ever had your emotions rule... Don't raise your hands. How many have ever had your emotions rule you in a way that you, you that was like it was a war and you were saying, I'm... Oh, I don't want to feel this way, but I feel this way. Well, I mean, you know, your emotions can war. In fact, uh, Peter says in his letter to, to fight against fleshly lusts that war against the soul. Your body says, your body is like a spoiled little brat. Your body says, I want my weight. Serve me. Give me pleasure. I want what I want and I want it now. <laughs> Fleshly desires war against the soul to capture the emotions, to capture the mind, to capture the will so we live in the flesh instead of walking in the Spirit. Yeah. Now, when Paul says be strong in the Lord, he's saying be strong in Christ. Be strong in who you are in Christ. Be strong in what God's done in you and made you by the new birth Learn to walk in the reality of the new creation. Learn to walk under the influence, the power, and the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, he says, and you don't put on this armor, he said, the wiles of the devil will have victory over you. Now, I've had enough experience with that to know I'd like it not to be. How about you? <laughs> the wiles of the devil. <laughs> He's had at least 6,000 years figuring out how to trip us up. And he does it really well. And we really need to learn because, you see, ultimately, if God, I like the way E.W. Kenyon put it, he said, we must come to the place where we understand that God's work in Christ absolutely overcomes Satan's work in Adam. That who and what we are in Christ, because of the new birth and because of the indwelling Spirit, is sufficient to cause us to walk in the Spirit and to do the will of God. To accomplish, to fully accomplish the will of God. But you see, when you set your heart and mind to do this, the war intensifies. And that's why Jesus said, count the cost. He, he, he said, if you want to be my disciple, you better count the cost because you're going to find out it's going to cost. 
And you have to make up your mind to pay the cost, pay the price. Decide that, all right, whatever it costs, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to do the will of God. Okay? So he says, be strong in the Lord. Well, that means in Christ. In Christ, you are a new creation. In Christ, you are the workmanship of God. You have been created for good works that God planned that you should walk in and He's given you grace before the foundation of the earth. He gave you purpose and grace in Christ that you might accomplish the works that He foreordained you should walk in. You and I are men and women of destiny. We have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world and we're walking out our destiny now in time and space and history. We're walking out our destiny and the battle is to discover, lay hold of, and appropriate the grace to walk it out and do what God intended us to do. And it's a daily battle. It's a real war with real enemies. But God has promised us the victory and we must learn to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold upon eternal life, to appropriate the power of the Spirit and stand, having done all to stand, stand and stand and stand and stand and stand. What do you do when you do everything? You've already done everything. Stand. What if it doesn't look like it's getting better? Stand. What if it looks like it's getting worse? Stand. What if you don't feel like standing? Stand. What if you want to quit? Stand. What if your knees are weak and your ankles are twisted and your hands are hanging down? Stand. What if you just want to throw in the towel and concede the battle? Stand. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Stand. You don't know how hard it is. Stand. God knows and He's the one who said stand. See? Say, well, my flesh doesn't like that. I know. But God says stand. God says fight. God says be determined to win. Where am I going to get the determination to win? From God. Be strong in the Lord. Don't be strong in you. If you try to be strong in you, you get beat up. See, now here's, I want to just, you know, it's real easy to say be strong in the Lord. It's easy, you know, there's a certain part of preaching that's really easy. You can tell everybody what they ought to do. But honest preachers know that when they step out of the pulpit, they don't have any more grace to do it than you do. <laughs> In other words, I have a special gifting to tell you about this. But when I step out from behind this pulpit and have to live, I don't have any special gifting to live it. I got the same gifting as you do. So, it's easy for a preacher to act and strut around like he's got it all together and never has any real battles and what's wrong with you? But reality is, all of us face the same devil and the same flesh and the same world and we all have to appropriate the same grace of God through the same Holy Spirit, through the same Word of God, or we get defeated. And I've been, I've been in the ministry for a little over 17 years, and let me tell you, I have not yet met 
a minister of the gospel who had it all together. I hate to disillusion you. And what I mean by that is not that I don't know people who walk in victory and love God and serve God honestly with a pure heart. But what I mean is people are human. And one of the great tools of that... I know that's profound, but... <laughs> and the church would be perfect if it wasn't for people. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say here is that there's... Sometimes we look at those who we greatly admire. Like maybe you, you see somebody on TBN and they're preaching away and you think, my goodness, they probably just... In the morning, they just probably pray. God lifts them out of bed and they float over to their prayer chamber and immediately break into the Spirit and heavens are opened and they're having such intimacy with God that they just kind of stagger out of their prayer closet. Their clothes just come onto them and they just walk out and, and uh, go to the grocery store and while they're pulling out their wallet to pay, revival breaks out. Uh, oh, you need to be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. You know, we can kind of get these ideas about greatly spiritual, who we people we perceive to be greatly spiritual, that they're not like us. And I just want to tell you, it ain't so. <laughs> Preachers, people who teach and minister God's Word, and people who minister in the supernatural power of God, do it by a gift given to them by God, not because they're so holy and spiritual. See? And I say that because we need to realize... See, the devil will say you, well, you know, the devil used to say this to me. If only I had, you know, if only I had the same kind of drive and determination that brother so-and-so had. He was just that way. You ever told yourself that? Well, I wish I was like so-and-so because they're just determined. But I've always been kind of bleh. You know? Well, they were, they were just a hard-driving person. But, of course, I've always been kind of bleh, bleh. You know, I mean, you tell they're so intelligent, and I've always struggled with with study and stuff. Or they're so, you know, you you've got the devil will say to you, other people have things you don't have, therefore it's harder for you. And I'm trying to say to you, it's hard for everybody. It's a battle, it's a war, it's a fight. But that's okay because if it's the same for everybody, then victory's the same for everybody. Victory isn't easier personally for anybody. See, now, you may have unique situations you have to overcome, but when God sat back in the councils of eternity and said, let me see. I'm going to create this world. Men are going to fall. And I'm going to redeem them. And I'm going to devise a plan of redemption. And... Put it into operation. And he did all that. And then you came along and you said, Oh, wow. If only I hadn't been brought up the way I was, I would be able to be a good Christian. And God said, Oh, I didn't know what they'd go through to get. I never thought about their kind of problems. Wow, I would have devised a different kind of plan of redemption had I known people would face these difficulties. You see how absurd that is? The plan of redemption meets broken, fallen, sin-bruised humanity in the very depths of their pain and perfectly provides the way 
to come into the image of Christ. For every human being, or else it wasn't from God, it's just a joke. A cruel joke. You, you follow me here? We've got to say, I can walk with God in victory because God designed this plan for people just like me. So I can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. I can. I may not know how right now. I may need to grow. I may need to learn. I may need to develop. But there's nothing intrinsically wrong with me that will prevent me from becoming strong in God and walking in victory and fulfilling my destiny. Let it get a hold of you that you cannot be stopped. Because you have springs on your back. Bong! Bing! If you go down, you bounce up. If you go down, you bounce up. If you go down, you bounce up. How many times can I fall and still get up? How many times can you fall? Get up. You know, after a while though, you get in the habit of staying up. While your mind is being renewed and you're learning to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, you have the high priestly ministry of Jesus who ever lives to intercede for you. You have the righteous advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous, who is the propitiation, the total satisfaction for your sins. He ever lives to intercede for you. He's your mediator. He's your merciful and faithful high priest. While you're learning to walk in the Spirit, He stands in the gap for you and says, Father, I already died for their failures. I already died for their discouragement. I already died for their weakness. I already died for it all. Don't lay it to their charge, Father. It's already been laid to my charge. Don't put that sin against them. He covers you while you grow up. Now, you do need to confess your sin if you fall. You need to say, Father, forgive me and cleanse me. And, and the Word says He will. But get up and go on. You have got to get into your spirit. In the, you've got to be able to look absolute defeat in the face and say, thank God I'm a victor. Amen. You've got to, while you're lying on your back going, what happened? <laughs> you've got to raise your hands and say, praise God, I'm a new creature in Christ and I'm an overcomer. Amen. Because it's still true. Even if the devil outsmarts you and knocks you down, you're still who God made you to be. You're still what God made you to be. You're still a child of God. You're still born. When you sin, you don't become an old creation. You become a deceived new creation. You, you become someone who listened to the liar and you got caught out of the Spirit in the flesh. So repent. Get back in the Spirit and say, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, I'm born of the Spirit of God, I'm born of the will of God, I'm born of the will of God, the Word of God, I'm a new creation in Christ, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, I have the victory through my Lord who strengthens me. Thanks be to God, I'm being led in triumph. Yeah. Right in the face of failure. Amen. Right in the face of defeat. Get up! <laughs> you don't know quit. When God made you a new creation, He wrote victor on your spirit. He wrote strength on your spirit. He wrote overcomer in your heart. It's written on the tablet of your heart. And if you just listen to what God put in you, you can be laying there totally defeated and His voice says, Glory. 
Thank you for listening to the Empowering Grace podcast featuring pastor and author Joe McIntyre. Visit our show notes page on empoweringgrace.org for a full transcript of this episode and more from Joe on this topic. If you like this podcast, please consider leaving a rating or review. Thank you.